0: to the Gaming Trend Podcast, the official podcast of GamingTrend.com. My name is Anthony Shelton, and we also have, of course, David Burdett. Hello there. And, once again, returning, Noah Rixby.
1: I got invited back. Hello, hello.
0: Uh, hopefully we didn't interrupt her <laughs> God of War Ragnarok session again.
1: I literally got a text from david's like hey do you want to hop in as i'm playing ragnarok and i'll just i can't do this joke two two weeks in a row so if i'm not you know haven't got the plaid by next week i may pull the joke so. <laughs> we'll see
0: well you appreciate your time hopefully you're enjoying ragnarok Uh, In this podcast, we'll talk to you about the biggest games of the week, games in our backlog we should have played a long time ago, and what you need to play. So this week, we're going to talk about the 16th century true crime story, Impendiment, and the latest Marvel game that is a card game. We're going to also discuss the Game Awards. So every game we talk about is timestamped, so you can jump to the game you are interested in. So let us start with Pentiment. I don't mean to turn this into a plug, but this has context. So, I am conceptualizing a new YouTube show for Gaming Trend, and while I was doing that, I got to do a lot of research on Pentiment, and I can't wait until I have time to
2: play it. David, you reviewed it, so how do you feel about it? I absolutely love Pentiment. Not everybody in here. I guess I'll go ahead and start with the bad stuff first because. Okay. This is what I more or less said in my review. If you do not like these kind of games, this is it, this is not the game for you. This isn't going to magically change you into a. Oh yeah, I, I love narrative based games. Just isn't. It. it, it it's a narrative based game, and it does start really slow. Hmm. That being said, even though it's slow of a game, the narrative-based game that it is is phenomenal. And I just it it even just boils down to the just the art, the way it's this old medieval kind of art style of the the book drawings and everything is just it I love how they've just made everything flow together in this because it could very easily a lot of times you see that kind of style it doesn't flow it's really um what's a good word for it stuttery almost with the way that the animations are uh, just doesn't look natural is probably the best way to put it whereas Pentiment, everything feels natural it just when when you're walking around when you're talking to people everything just flows so super well and it's just it it almost caught me by surprise because i knew that i was going to enjoy what the game was but i wasn't sure how it was going to get there with me enjoying what it was (laughs) and that's probably the best thing about playing pentiment is it felt like rediscovering a genre because I just jumped in I'm like okay I I've I've played point and click I've po- played that kind of stuff I like this kind of stuff but hadn't really done any of it in a while and walking around in this just the, the unique feel of of the once again the the art style is an automatic the, the everything the colors pop and everything but then having these discussions with different people these these full on conversations that you can have with different characters is just Sublime because you get the opportunity at the very beginning of the game to to choose, like, for instance, where you're from. So you'll you'll bring up certain landmarks or you'll recognize when somebody brings up something that's more of, I guess, a cultural thing in a certain area or or in where I went to college influences like, OK, well, I studied. What did I study? So how does that mean I can how can I answer someone? So it's that whole fantastic system that we love in games like fallout and all these things that we're usually having to spend charisma points to get to or do specific actions so that we're good or evil so we can make these specific dialogue choices but in pentiment it's really cool because it's just all about the dialogue the dialogue is the the dialogue is the main attraction the star on the stage And that's why it's so much fun to mess around with, because in these conversations that I keep having with people, all I can think back to, there's literally moments that I remember from this game where I've been like, okay, I'm trying to make the good guy choices Yeah. (laughs) as I'm going through. I'm trying to be the good guy. But there's so much where it's like, man, I, I really wonder if I made this other choice, how this would go from here. And, and you keep trying to do things the way you want to do do it and stuff. Like I said, for me, it's the I like to do the good guy run first at least. But it's still in the back of my mind of what if I chose this different dialogue? What if I wasn't as much of a... Sh- there's a it's even down to there's a spot where there's a guy that you just show off because you know Latin. And he, he actually takes it a little bit personal so it made it so I couldn't get certain information out of him in <laughs> a certain part of the the story. And so it was funny because it was almost like it was a second chance to get that information. But because I had acted the way I acted, I didn't get e- I wasn't even able to take advantage of the second chance. And that's just the neat ways that Pentiment pulls itself together in these different dialogues. And once again, that's probably that's the best thing about it is it's. It's all dialogue, but it's the system itself is just so good. And, and that's why it works so well. Because most of the time, 15 20 hours you put into a game, that's that's a good chunk of time for anybody in any video game. And you really have to change things up along the way. But Pentiment didn't feel like it really needed to change a lot because the dialogue system was done so well. There are one of the things that's really interesting with it is there are actually time skips, um, and this is, there are actually two different types of time skips. There's where you have certain blocks during the day that you can go around and talk to people before it goes to the next day. Kind of like easiest description that people tend to understand is I say it's like Dead Rising. There are certain things that you can do at certain times of day, and you have to choose what is worth it to you. To go and do those things, which means you're probably going to have to abandon certain paths. There are complete parts of this story that I do not know because I really wanted to focus on a specific person and, and their part in this murder mystery that was going on because I felt like that was most likely the area I should have gone to but then there were still moments where I was able to at least get a little bit out of some other people and have some little, like I said, it's fun. Cause there, sometimes the game does just enough where you're like, man, if I had only chased after that lead, yeah, if I had only spent some extra time <laughs> with this person to find out more about what happened in this instance. And what's really neat and what's really well done is that at the end of all of it, yeah, you, you have to accuse somebody, it, somebody's got to pay for this this sin that they have committed. But what's really funny is that you really don't know if you made the right choice, even if all the evidence pointed you to that right choice. Like, I, I sent a guy to his death, and the only thing I got was an achievement that said, killed this guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the achievements that I was hoping when I got to the end, I'm like, oh, maybe the achievement, maybe because I got an achievement, that meant I did it right. No. <laughs> The achievements even vague about what I was doing, <laughs> but it's the it actually works being vague. There's not many video. There's not many styles of video games, or or video games in general that you can be vague to someone's choice and it still works. And it's it's almost impressive in and of itself that a narrative based game where your main thing is information and talking to people can be vague and it's still so good (laughs) and still hooks you in like I know obviously mystery that there's a lot that we don't know so that mystery is generally what's supposed to be the draw but it it really is a mystery there are so many things to it where truly it could have been more choose your own adventure in the sense of I really almost was making the decision of in my story who the killer was. Uh, Yeah, I found certain information and certain things, but if I would have went down a different branching path, I probably could have found that same kind of information on the other. Mm. And like I said, it just it makes you want to go back. I I really want to go back to Peniman and restart it and start making a lot of other random decisions. Like, I mean, straight up as silly as this goes down, I did not kiss a nun in my playthrough when there was an opportunity to. And I kind of want to see where that goes. <laughs> like, I went to a
0: Catholic high school. And I certainly did not see any nuns that I wanted to kiss. So. doesn't sound like that was a hard choice.
2: <laughs> but it's. I hope it makes sense. But it's just. There's even just little decisions that you make as you go through. And it really. I want to know how some of these i want to see how some of these ends tie up because especially it talks about the time jump the time jumps that you have the blocks of time it, as you continue on there are actually uh, you'll have a couple years jump in some spots and after in with these different acts that are in the game and it's like okay I, i'm I'm revisiting this area and it's the same area but it's a bit different because of the way that time has changed the area and a new building has gone up or this person that I talked to seven years ago, the child is now grown up or, or this person died in the village. And that's some of it is just due to the fact that Obsidian, they are just one of the best teams of riders out there. They know what they're doing when they are putting all of this together because... Like, I really cared about these families. There, there's a family at the very beginning you're staying with. And, you know, I got to see, I got to, like, listen to them talking about, like, the, oh, this guy likes this girl who's in the, who's part of the family of the house you're staying. When I come back the next time, they're both married. Um, There's a, a moment where you get to talk to this blacksmith and you, he's like talking about a girl he saw in the marketplace and you convince him that it's worth taking a chance and going back and seeing if he can find her only to get to the next act of the game. And they're married like <laughs> these little things that you get to do that y- you really feel involved in these characters lives. And it just makes it more real to you. Their plight is your plight with some of the different things that they battle and they go through and, and, a good game does that. A good game engages you. Uh, I, I've always talked about one of the reasons the Marvel movies do it so well is because the characters engage you. You you you, you almost you feel a, an emotional connection to whether or not these characters survive. And they've done that in Pentiment. And Pentiment, you you have this connection to these characters where you want the best for them, uh, unless you're just you're playing your jerk place. <laughs> you're just trying to kiss all the nuns and kick all the chickens or whatever. <laughs> so it there's really not enough good I can say about it because it's just a well done game and. I love the narrative basis to it. I love that I don't have to go and click on 500 things in a certain area to try and figure out why the crap I can't progress. Because your progression is done completely through dialogue and through these time jumps. There, there There's no, okay, I've got to go and click the environment until I accidentally manage to figure out that, oh, this item is something I need to progress. <clears throat> and then, or figure out crap, I have this item now. Well, How the heck do I use this to move forward in the story, which is what a lot of I, I love those games, but they're not always for me because I get really frustrated, uh, especially like uh, Richard Allen, one of our writers, is a saint because that dude reviews all kinds of our point-and-click games. And my word, how the world you can do that when there are no guides that exist because you're reviewing it before the game's out is incredible to me. <laughs> Pentiment, though, straightforward, you just go and you talk to people like everything is super clearly marked of, okay you can talk to this person. okay you can't talk to this person like very specific icons and stuff. It makes life easy Uh, beyond, you know, just walking around and trying to click everything you possibly can. But at least it's better than, like I said, go into a room and. Keep spamming the same dialogue over and over and over and over. (laughs) (laughs) because i keep clicking something because i'm sure it has to help me get to the next area for sure
0: um you mentioned that the game started slow so if Mm -hmm. you weren't reviewing the game would you continue playing it through that slowness
2: i would because i think it's interesting enough with the story i think the biggest thing for a lot of people though is once again and this is why i bring it up as it's not made for everyone if you are not, if you are trying to use this game to get into narrative based games, that slowness is not going to pull at you the way it will pull at people who enjoy narrative based
1: games.
0: Like, I imagine it, it, that me, narrative it, is uh, contextualizing and setting things up yeah. and providing
1: yeah, a base. Not,
2: not everybody has the attention span for that, though. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, it, it, it's, I guess, the the best way to put it is it's like a good book, where the good it doesn't reveal its hand too early. It like you said, it sets things up. It, it works itself. It gets you involved in it before it starts. But for a lot of people, that's just not going to work. You know, they want the they want the Michael Bay explosions and all that kind of stuff. And this just is not that. It's not that at all.
0: I mean, you you're literally game, you're guiding a missile.
1: To kill somebody. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you're, it sounds like, you sp- yeah it definitely sounds like it's one of those that you're not going to get the big action piece in the first 5 minutes that hooks, you know. The it's, it's it's a slow burn. I think it actually took at least 3
2: hours for it to get to where someone was actually murdered. Like no no joke, like cuz I went around talking to everybody only to find out like I was supposed to be on my way to work. I mean, any game that opens up with you on your way to work generally is not the most, you (laughs) know, thrilling adventure. (laughs) Depends on where you work.
1: That is true.
2: True. Going to Avengers tower. That'd be very different.
1: (laughs) Um, you said this is very narrative driven. I, I personally have not played it. Um, is there any voice acting in the game or is it strictly Mm -hmm. just dialogue?
2: There is no voice acting whatsoever, and one thing I would mention with it, uh, so it's it's the Pokemon kind of text box, kind of yeah. how it works. Okay. What is both a cool attention to detail, yet also can get gratingly annoying, is when you speak. It of course writes out the text box stuff. It is in a like it's like someone's writing. In the text box. So that's something that's really cool attention to detail with several of the different things. And there's actually an accessibility option so that you can change it from where it's too crazy of the like the old English kind of style font. So you can actually make it more accessible so it's easier to read it. Um, But where it can get really annoying is you actually hear a quill
1: scratching Uh. on paper (laughs) as it writes out.
2: There does come a point where it's like, this noise... (laughs) Cause it's the only noise that ends up, but there's some mute, some good music and stuff in the background, but just after a while, I was like, okay, that scribbling is getting just a little bit, just a little bit Yeah. And especially if you're wearing a pair of headphones. Uh, my wife even mentioned, cause I, I took my headphones off. I was playing it most of the day <laughs> on it. one of it. And she was like, <laughs> she was like, that's annoying.
1: <laughs> like, over me. I'm like, I like, I know. <laughs> You just broke the heart of the poor audio designer who spent, you know, three <laughs> weeks coding that into the game. <laughs> I
0: imagine, you know, that wasn't actually his fault. You know, somebody was like, "We should have you this know, sound go all the way through all it. the time."
2: And it was only twelve people that design designed the game. So I just, I just wish there was probably uh, there was an option for turning it completely like a, off. Yeah, with, a slider that, that wasn't a that wasn't a slider that would affect a bunch of other. Things because yeah. you'd be turning like, down like all sound your sound effects. effects. Yeah. And then yeah. you
0: get no sound effects.
2: Now, one really cool attention to detail is when you go and talk to the guy who operates the printing press in town, when he talks, you hear the thud of a printing press.
0: Yeah. Stuff like that. So cool.
2: that's that is, cool. That, like to me, that's just a detail. really detailed idea yeah. that someone had. Um, I would have I, I would have actually been more fine with hearing that. <laughs> In this (laughs) constant scribbling.
0: (laughs) I mean, that's very, that's very, uh, you know, like audio story, audio book type of thing where you got sound effects in the background as, you know, to paint the picture of the environment that you can't see. In this case, you can see it, but you can't necessarily always see everything that's happening. So you have these sound effects to
2: brighten the environment and it's like, oh
0: yeah, there's this little printing press
2: happening right now. And I, I thought it was, like I th- I thought it was neat. And eventually I did kind of just put it out of my mind. But just occasionally you'll just remember that it's there. And you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I re- yeah, I really just right. don't want to hear that. <laughs> I imagine.
0: And does it like change sound depending on the writing or is it just this default, like just no matter what?
2: For the most part, I think it's the exact same sound. I, I could okay. be wrong, uh, but for the most part, it's the exact same sound. Yeah, that's going to get annoying. What's not annoying? You can pet the animals. Oh my gosh! And that is awesome. It's uh, like can, plus five points. You can pet, it's always made, so you so can pet the cat. Yeah. You can pet the cat. You can pet the dog, and you do get an achievement when you do it five times. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, I'll pet
2: the dog five times. Cat. <laughs> Give me that. Oh yeah. Chippy. It actually, it actually, what's funny is, uh, you get to the a certain point in the game, and it says like the one of them was like mouse finger was what, like one of the names of the cats. And then you get to this point in the years and stuff. And it says son of mouse finger. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's great. (laughs) That is funny.
0: Do the choices let you, so you mentioned, what was it? You mentioned uh, how uh, you were bragging about how you could speak Latin. And so that affected one of your choices, but did you have the <laughs> did you have the option to or not even the option did you know when you chose to speak latin that you were going to be bragging or was it a situation where you didn't really know the intent and so you kind of did it and it was like oh like i didn't really expect that to
2: happen necessarily it i feel like pentiment doesn't always spell it completely out that that's what's happening. Sometimes you, sometimes you have that vague idea that you're going to do something that, that, maybe what you're saying is going to hold a little more weight, but you never know for sure. And yeah. when you click, it will hit that spot of this will be remembered <laughs> is what yeah. will happen. It'll say underneath after you, after you've clicked it. So uh, I kind of yeah, like that, that though. Yeah. I like because that. Because then, like, you do know that what you said held weight, but at the same point, you didn't know it beforehand (laughs) that it was going to hold as much weight. So I I do like that, because otherwise you spend too much time overthinking situations when you know it's a dialogue option of this will change something. Whereas here, especially if you're a first-time player, you're not even thinking about it, possibly, You're just choosing it based on what you what you think might happen, because I had no idea, obviously, that it was going to play into the fact of there was information I could have had. That was the other that was the other part of it. I truly had no idea that all of the this will be remembered was going to factor into it because it was multiple things that happened with this one specific guy.
0: Yeah, I feel like I just that situation where it's like you choose to speak Latin or, you know, however the choice is presented to you. And then it turns out you're bragging and then you don't get the information. And it was like, yo, like I, I don't know what the situation was. I just don't like it when choices come in a game and it is something like you end up bragging and it's like, I, that's not really what was my intention. I was just trying to do said thing. And the game was like, you're going to do this. And so it's going to affect you. And I kind of don't like those kind of situations.
1: Especially like when you're playing, I guess like RPGs and stuff, where you have dialogue choices with characters, and you pick one that says a certain context, and they say it in a completely different yeah. way, or the, the yeah. options. like this way. I meant well, that's that's not what I said. And and yeah, I said. and
2: here's and here's where it's fun with this. I don't think necessarily it was your dialogue as much as it's the fact that this guy doesn't like you that much. Okay. In the okay. game, so there is that context to it. I do. So not, uh, while uh, yeah. you may be saying it, and it's it, it comes across as bragging to him. Okay. More okay. than more than necessarily. More than it's a dialogue like, choice that you speaking Latin yeah. right now, lorem yeah. 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 It's more that than it is a. Oh, I picked a dialogue choice and it really screwed me. Like no, he he just hates you and it came across that way. Hmm. So, so like. Once again it's that whole thing of you can't really overthink anything in this game because some things are just going to come back to bite you because of the fact of that's just the people you're talking to. Sure, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I it, don't It, it, out. Out. it, it isn't right? as sucky Purposeful. of a situation. Yeah, it, it it's more interesting because of the fact of okay, this guy doesn't like you, so something you're doing just to talk with some new people and some friends of his comes across to him as you bragging with what you can do. So it, it's kind of neat that they've even got, had the thought to add that kind of an idea into all of it. Cuz I'm assuming if I'd somehow won him over and he didn't hate my guts, maybe that wouldn't have happened in that situation.
1: Okay, so had you had you interacted with this character before? You ended. I knew prank? he wasn't a
2: fan of me. <laughs> yes, I knew okay, he was. So a fan you of me. knew going This in. is actually okay. later. This is actually later part this is actually a later part of act 2.
1: Okay. So yeah. it's not just you meet a random NPC yeah. and you say something well, and you realize Yeah. Like-
2: and that's the like I said it's the fun part about this game is your relationships with people really do drive a lot of base moments of things as well as the fact of it is vague. The dialogue can be vague. You you can really not know that you're going sometimes it's like okay i get the feeling this is probably something someone will remember me saying but then there's sometimes it's just like oh that was a choice <laughs> gotcha all right um oh. i do have oh, one oh, and interestingly question. enough i w- i could have here's an interesting i could have not even known how to speak latin because of the way the game sets up your initial choosing what you've majored in and whatnot so that could have not even been a situation so that's that's kind of a cool thing to me is that Pentiment is even taking that into account of you may not even encounter this situation <laughs> that's later in the game
1: too that yep. so um i have one last question um so you talked about how the ending was very vague and more <laughs> open um can you and so you accuse i'm assuming you have the option of accusing multiple people Well, and this is end of act one, so it wasn't the end of
2: the game. The the end of the game, everything does lead to somewhat of a set piece. So the the end end of the game, there is a kind of a final narrative that does happen, and it does explain a lot of why the game is so vague, but there were multiple people that I could have accused of being the killer. Uh, and if i would have taken the time i'm i'll be honest with you i could have found evidence to back it up the the mm-hmm. way the game had you chasing things it felt like there were like i said it, it really felt like i was abandoning certain paths to get to the bottom of the main path i was working on so if i would have chased something else i could have came up with probably very compelling evidence on, on either either way i went
1: Okay, so that it also, I feel like, with you wording it like that, it warrants further playthroughs to kind of get a full story.
2: Completely agreed with it. Uh, That it is a game that is well worth playing through again, just to encounter these different moments, because of the fact that there's a lot of dialogue choices. So you you feel like you really can go through, and and not even specifically the big moments or the specific choosing but there's a lot of moments where it was like okay uh, i had specific dialogue because i majored in theology what if i majored in something completely else or had stayed in a different area during my college years or whatnot how would that have affected the dialogue in all of these situations because it could have been a completely it's more than just there's dialogue there's additional there's um grayed out dialogue there's no other dialogue uh there's there's base dialogue and then there's dialogue that is based around what your choices have been uh in your background so if i would have made some different background choices i would have had different options i'm assuming all right and what was your score my score for pentiment was 90 out of 100 Mm -hmm. because i thought it was excellent like it, it anytime a game can hold your attention especially a narrative based game for 15 20 hours uh, it very well did its job all right that is
0: Pentiment, developed by obsidian entertainment and published by Xbox game Studios and just for you David, it is on I, game pass it is just for you David when I do my playthrough I'm gonna kiss the nut. <laughs> Not if I kiss her first. (laughs) You might. You might just kiss different nuns. So I mentioned uh, this YouTube project that I'm working on and has kept me from playing a lot of games right now. But before I dove headfirst into that project, I've had some time to play Marvel Snap. So let's talk about that. So Marvel Snap. Card game. Made by the makers, uh, at least one of them, was a designer on Hearthstone, which was a huge card game, very successful, very good. Very. And mm-hmm. I I didn't know how it f- functioned fully. So when I went into it, I started playing it, and I expected combat. You set the card down, another person sets the card down to combat, and stuff happens. That is not it. It is a extremely simple game but I love this game oh this game is so good because it's so focused it strips out all the fluff every other card game has and boils it all down to just decision making and in a way where I mean matches end in 3-5 to minutes it's a very fast game you literally only have six turns to play before the game is over. So every turn matters. From the first card you set down to the last card, you are making very interesting decisions. Where a game like Hearthstone or Legends of Runeterra, for example, I haven't played much Magic, but I know it's a similar idea. The first two to three turns, you know, you might you could be figuring things out in my little development of the board a little bit. And it's usually, you know, by turn four, maybe turn three, if you're really good, you could kind of figure out, yep, this, this is the deck that somebody's playing and this is what I'm going to do to counter and all this other stuff that happens very fast on Marvel snap. You have to be very quick to figure these things out. Um, and mind you, like the really high level rune and uh, hearthstone players, you could figure, Figure a deck out on turn one if you're really good, depending on what card they play. <laughs> but um, Marvel Snap, like, you have to figure that stuff out quickly um, because it moves so fast. So the way the game works in comparison to a game like Terra or Hearthstone is you have your board. And in the board is three middle spaces. Uh Basically, they are areas uh, of different places in Marvel. So there's Wakanda, there's, you know, all all kinds of different, the Avengers headquarters, stuff like that. And these locations do different things to the board or your cards, depending on what they are. But just plain without all that stuff, you got the board, you got three places you could put your cards. You can put four cards in each spot. So a total of 12 cards total that you can place on the board on your side so you place a card and whatever that card's power it adds that to the to the area so if i play a, a card that has two power that area on my side of the board now has two power so you're basically you're not fighting to see who controls that spot by attacking and getting rid of a card you are Controlling it by trying to place the most power on that spot within four cards. So it's a really interesting mind game that happens when you have six turns to do that and you have to choose where am I going to put my card? Am I going to put it in the far left, the middle, or the far right? You know, like it's so it's very interesting from the very first turn. You got to figure out "Mm, what's the best place to put the card. Not only that to make it more interesting. The areas don't reveal what they do until later turns. So the far left spot reveals itself on turn one. So you know exactly what it is. And depending on your cards, you might go, Oh, this is what I'm going to do here. I'm going to wait to play any cards here, or I'm going to start playing cards now. And then the next turn, the middle spot opens. And then the the third turn, the far right uh, spot opens. And so now by turn three, you're making decisions based on all kinds of different factors, depending on what those spots do. Some spots will say something like, you know, on turn four, whoever has the highest power uh, or the lowest power loses all their cards on that spot. So, you know, you may not want to put any cards on that spot until you have like your five drop that has like nine power and you just want to slam it there. And it's just like, ha, ah, ha, there and then their cards are gone but they can play after and maybe play something stronger on that spot and maybe they've already won another spot so if they take that spot that's game over right so there's these little mind games you're playing depending on the location spots depending on the cards you have and the cards have different abilities too. Captain America for example has um, if you place it down every card that is there has plus one power on that location so You are going through and trying to outmaneuver your opponent. You're trying to (laughs) figure out the best place to put all your cards, and it takes all like the fundamental basics of mana-based card games, and it puts it all here, and it works in six turns. It's the craziest thing I've played in terms of a card game, (laughs) a game that forces you to end by turn six whereas like room terror or hearthstone like you can go i think it's 50 turns in hearthstone uh room terror i forget how many turns it is uh in that one before the game is automatically over so it distills all that decision making you would do in those games and it's like you have to do it now like you have to know what card you have to know what your best plays are you have to be able to manipulate the locations and Try to manipulate your opponents to play cards in different areas. You have to know what to expect from your opponents on different turns, the cards that they would play. And you only got six turns to do it. So it's not that hard. But, you know, like Iron Man, for example, he's a card where you put him down on the spot, he doubles the power of the location that you're on. So if you have like nine, it'll double it to 18. So, you know, on turn five, for example, if you're early in the game, turn five, hmm, they can have an Iron Man. Hmm, Maybe I should play my cards here. So maybe I let him win that spot and I'll just take these two spots, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah, it's a it's a fascinating game. I love that it takes, you know, five. (laughs) Mine take a little bit longer because I'm super thoughtful, but it's it's super fun. I forgot one mechanic too, uh, to add a little uh, flavor on it. Uh, it's the snap feature. I guess this is why it's called Marvel Snap, but basically you can, at the end of a game, you earn, I forget what they're called, but they're basically credits that allow you to uh, uh, upgrade your cards. Upgrading your cards is how you earn more cards. So at the start of the game, it starts at one. At any point, you can tap this cube in the middle of the screen and snap, and it doubles the amount of uh credits you'll get at the end of the match. But the opponent can also do it. So it's kind of like uh poker where you're kind of trying to increase the bet to maybe mind game your opponent to folding because you can do that and save half of your credits instead of losing the game and then you lose those credits. Because if you do, if they snap and you snap and by the end of the game it's eight credits max. If you lose you're gonna lose eight credits, they're gonna gain eight. So it's kind of one of those things where it's like, hmm, they snapped. Should I Should I keep playing? Should I fold? What should I do? So I think that's interesting. I do find myself in most scenarios where just at the beginning of the game, I just snap because I'm like, why not? <laughs> might, as well, might as well. I might lose two credits. Well, fine. I'm fine with that. Um, so, and if they snap and I feel like I'm going to win, I'm like, oh, that was your bad. So it's fun. I really... Really enjoy this game, and it's probably my favorite mobile game of all time at this point. So it's it's really good.
1: I've only put one, maybe two hours into it, um, so I'm not too in depth into it. But I, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it feels like a lot of the cards kind of fit with their abilities and stuff, kind of fit in with the actual characters themselves, um, like the Hulk and abomination cards seem to be very strong and powerful with theirs. Um, Is that how most of the cards are? Once you get more into the game, I haven't gotten far enough to get some of the cards.
0: Uh, I know one of them was part of the, the the battle pass that I wasn't able to earn because I didn't finish it. Um, So probably, but, I'm also not like a Marvel expert. I'm more of a DC person, but um, I mean, yeah, from what I've seen, there's nothing where it's like, well, that doesn't work. Ant-Man wouldn't do something like that. Like, you know, so, okay. So they uh, at least make sense. Yeah. For the most part, they make sense. Um, there might be some situations where, uh, I forget what Magneto does, but it, it's not really like what Magneto would do, but it, for the card game that it is, it does make sense. So um, I remember feeling that way about Magneto. So um, yeah, I think I think the cards are appropriate. Uh, I did want to mention the the battle pass. I think that's the weakest part of Marvel Snap. They only give you one month to finish the the pass. So you have fifty tiers and You finish those tiers by finishing challenges. Basically, all the tiers are 1,000 points. So it's not like it increases as you're getting through the tiers. But if you are not playing regularly, it's going to be pretty difficult to finish the battle pass because of the time frame that you have. So when I was playing regularly... And I didn't realize this when I bought the Battle Pass. It was like one week left. And I was like, one week? I was like, the game just came out like four days ago. You know, <laughs> like, I was like one week for this Battle Pass. And then I realized it was a month. I was like, oh, frick. And I am paid this $10 and I got a week left to finish this thing because I didn't know. Uh, okay. So I got about uh, maybe 28 levels in, maybe playing at least five matches uh, a day. I, one one day I played a lot so that made up for it but that didn't feel good so there was no way to to make up for it so I imagine if I started from day one on the month I, I would finish it but yeah if you're coming in late there's just it's it's almost pointless unless you're just playing non-stop it just forces you so I wish it was a little bit longer um I don't know why it's so short a month and a half would feel more appropriate at yeah, least or two months
1: yeah that's... yeah
0: two months um i mean if people are paying money i don't know why you got to make it more sh- you know, i don't know why you have to make it are, so short. are they treating
1: it kind of like a life service game where after each month or whatever they change up the matter or change up the cards or anything yep. or is it yep. just
0: Mm -hmm. It's seasons so each Season there's a new Location that they introduce and that location Does something different change Up change up the game change up the meta A little bit and They introduce a new card that you can Get out of the battle pass Now I don't I don't remember specifically if The card in the battle pass was an alternate Version so It was uh, Miles Morales spider-man I believe So (laughs) There already is a spider-man And there's alternate cards of pretty much every card. So there's like Hulk. And then there's like, uh, I don't know, I guess the original like cartoon looking Hulk. So those alternates don't do anything different. So I don't know if the Miles Morales Spider Man did something different than just regular Spider Man. If that was the card. But either way, um, I think it's Black Panther this time. And I know that is. Card that will do something different because there's only one Black Panther. So if you you know I think it's what two weeks left in this battle pass. So like if I were to start today, you know I'd have to grind it out to to get Black Panther. So that doesn't feel good. That has some very like Hearthstony type of vibes to it where it's like hey go get this card or if not it's you know we're gonna rotate it out. You know, in the season, that's what Hearthstone did. It was, you know, after a certain amount of time, a card got rotated out in the meta. You couldn't use it in the meta anymore, you know, and it's like, you know, you pay, you know, 200 or something dollars to make a great deck and then those cards don't matter anymore after X amount of time. It's like, that sucks. So you losing out on a card because it's in the battle pass because you only had a month to do it. Now that card might be good, and a meta card, and you don't have access to it because you didn't do the battle pass. So I don't know if it's something that will come up later if they rotate these cards. So we'll see as time goes on. But right now, the battle pass is definitely the weakest part of it. It's not a horrible idea because you, you can earn levels pretty fast because they're all one thousand points. But uh, there, it's still it's it's the shortness of it that makes it feel bad. It is Marvel Snap. Ah, who is it developed by? I forgot. Already, Marvel Snap is developed by Newverse. There we go. And Second Dinner Studio. So, David,
2: do you got some news for us? Well, we usually have a bunch of different things of news, but our one thing of news is big enough for just its own little area. And that's that we have the Game Awards nominees that just came out this week. Which should be a lot of fun to see how all of this goes. I know I'm super excited for it. Myself and Noah went ahead and grabbed IMAX tickets so we can actually go and check it out. And the IMAX is apparently going to have an exclusive preview for Dead Space Remake. So you can see some cool gameplay for it that only the IMAX people will see. Okay. So, sounds like it's going to be fun. But... We've got to talk about all these different nominations because there are thirty one of these things. Okay. We are gonna skip some of them though, because <laughs> the esports awards go to League of Legends. We call those we can the League go of Legends and- <laughs> Awards. Yeah. Don't even don't even try.
1: Just those to
2: Just just smile and wave, boys. Smile and wave. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's uh, yeah. It, if it if there's anything league involved in those, it's always going to league because league is league. <laughs> it is what it is. So going up from all those esports awards, uh, we start out in innovation and accessibility. There is As Dusk Falls, God of War Ragnarok, Return to Monkey Island, The Last of Us Part One, and The Quarry which I was very interested in seeing the quarry on there. Um, I haven't played it, but I'll just it, it isn't a game I would automatically think, oh, accessibility and innovation for. I, which heard, it's, I,
0: hmm. I didn't hear anybody talking about it as far as accessibility. Yeah, I I didn't either. Like I've heard people talk about The Last of Us Part 1. I've heard some yeah. things about Monkey Island. Not a lot, but some. Ragnarok, I've heard some things, but not a lot. I haven't heard anything about As Dusk Falls, although I don't think that's a game that is uh, hard
2: to play. <laughs> like, it's a narrative-based yeah, game, as, yeah. far, as far as I know, which <laughs> yeah, Return to yeah. Monkey is. Island, in all fairness, if they can make that super accessible, then, I mean, my word, you're clicking so many things.
0: Well, um, I, I was mean, actually like, what kind we... of
2: overwhelmed playing around with it the other day. Oh,
0: well, I mean, like, what are we considering accessibility?
2: Well, right. when it okay. comes to accessibility, we're not talking approachability, which okay. is just right. the, Good. you know, accessibility would be more like we're helping people who normally can't play it, okay. play it. So somebody who's visually impaired right, or, or yeah, stuff Making like sure that. are
0: setting that definition because, you know, a lot of people confuse yeah. accessibility with approachability.
2: Yes, yeah. agreed.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, right. I mean, I've I've seen some of the options on like Last of Us and God of War, and it's it's pretty impressive some of the stuff that they put together. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I can definitely vouch for Ragnarok. Um, I kind of agree with. I think Ron put it in his review, but when you can have like shading behind your subtitles to help set the subtitles apart from the background, it's it's little things like that that I think have they've came a long way and i think Ragnarok kind of fleshes out everything cuz just setting up so many dialogue options
2: well they've also got the one of the things that i've really noticed recently and it's mainly cuz it just looks so funky when you're seeing it in action is that you can choose certain high contrast colors to denote specific mm-hmm. like the the your character model that is completely this neon shade of blue is you and the neon shades of red character models are the bad people and this color is this and the environment and all that kind of stuff. That they've got I they have that actually in the uh in Spider Man Remastered in Last of Us and God of War Ragnarok. Um so it's it's really neat to see some of these different things that make make sure everybody can be involved in these beyond just oh we've dumbed down the difficulty so much that you can play it now it's we're specifically speaking to your condition that you're dealing with so that you don't necessarily always have to just drop your drop it down to where you don't take damage in order to enjoy it yeah i'm curious to
0: know how the accessibility uh community response to these things because i know jeff gertzman for example he'll talk about colorblind um settings and stuff and how some games like they'll have it but it absolutely does nothing for helping because of the way the game is set up the foundation of the game doesn't help with those colorblind settings so it's like oh yay you got colorblind settings it's just like it doesn't even work (laughs) you know like it just doesn't help the problem so i i am curious to know how that community has received that stuff um hopefully in all of these games the reason why they've been nominated is because they have been implemented in a way that does help them
2: i I can at least say with god of war uh their preview was largely done the the preview that was done in, in early october i believe it was Um, before the reviews came out it was actually largely done by the some of the mainstays in the accessibility community okay so that so they really that was a big thing for them over at sony santa monica to make that game as accessible as possible
1: i I could be wrong but i'm pretty sure they had an entire it wasn't a huge team but i'm pretty sure they had a small team that was dedicated to the accessibility features (laughs) yep and making sure they were implemented efficiently, I guess, yeah. or the way that it would help them. Great.
2: I know St- Steve Saylor, He's a big part of that community. I, I don't know him personally or anything, but uh, he he spoke pretty highly of Ragnarok. Good. All right. All right. Well, good luck to them. Oh. <laughs> we yeah, will see games. where that goes. Uh, yeah. Moving we'll forward games. from that, uh, I'm I really like this new award that they've added in best adaptation and that's taking a video game property and bringing it into other media we're going to see a whole lot of this over the next little bit i mean yes, ah, last of us last of us uh tv show literally around the corner yeah uh, january 15th mm-hmm. uh, but best adaptation you've got arcane league of legends uh, let will see if it, league of legends can win yet another <laughs> award they, outside they of their grow, esports category. Yeah. Uh, Cyberpunk Edge Runners which was a humongous success for CD Project Red, uh, the Cuphead show got nominated. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 the movie which is a awesome movie, lots of fun times. And the Uncharted movie, which I was kind of surprised to see it nominated, but at the same point, it is a really fun movie. Uh, I'm not it, like it, it's one you can just kind of sit back and just have fun with.
0: Yeah, Uncharted's there because it, it released this year, but <laughs> and it made a lot of money. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, it's not beasties, yeah. but uh, it, yeah. shouldn't. it shouldn't, but uh, I,
1: Arcane, I'm betting Arcane, yeah arcane i think I arcane don't usually watch runners. these because i like, think
2: it's 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 between arcane and, and and edge runners like that those are the only yeah. two that and at least in my opinion those are the two that stand out the most
0: yeah arcane is good i need to i need to watch cyberpunk i don't usually watch these things
1: so i was
0: like i'm gonna take a chance and watch arcane and i was like holy frick this is how video game stuff should be made yes
1: <laughs> yeah it's it's just The complete opposite of the stigma that anything video game adaptation, you know, is not generally, you know, the best. But then they pull out Arcane, and, you know, we're all thinking, hey, if we can get more like this, you know, we'll give things a shot more. It'll incline more people to give a, you know, new adaptation a shot. And And people wonder
2: live action, too. People wonder why they're putting so much money into uh, properties based on games right now like mm-hmm. it's it's not only making a lot of money in terms of the property itself the mo- the movie or tv show itself is not only drawing in subscribers or people paying to go see the movies it's drawing people to go back and play the game whether they're going back to a previous title or they're buying the new one like mm-hmm. it, it is it is worth every dime they're dropping into these shows or movies. So, I'm, I mean, if you can keep making good stuff, I say, go for it. Like
1: for sure. <laughs> definitely. Definitely.
2: And it's nice to Netflix see good is. stuff being made.
1: Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. the biggest yeah. thing. It's nice
2: to see good stuff happening. <laughs> like yeah, Netflix if, is go ahead. I was just going to say, if, if uncharted is technically the low point on that list, it's still a good low point. That's like, you know, I, I that's still decent for what it is. Like, we've seen what low points of video game adaptations have been. <laughs> People have watched the Mario movie. People have watched the Resident Evil movies. People have watched many of these other things that are quite awful. Uh, Uncharted is certainly not awful. It is It is fun. It may not be groundbreaking, but it's not terrible. I agree. Moving oh, yeah. forward, hmm? one that I don't know a lot about is Content Creator of the Year. Oh, let me skip it.
1: <laughs> League of Legends wins. Okay, got it. <laughs> yeah, League of Legends. <laughs> whoever, whoever is a League of Legends content creator will win. <laughs>
2: exactly. Uh, the one that's really interesting to me this year is Most Anticipated. That was actually a, a really interesting group of games. Because you've got Final Fantasy 16. definitely makes sense. Hogwarts Legacy, which it does make sense on the fact of, I'm sure there are plenty of people anticipating it, despite any controversies in the background. Resident Evil 4 kind of makes me laugh. <laughs> but, uh, because the game does look really good, but I'm like, is it most
1: anticipated, though? Uh, I know it's going to sell a crap I, ton. but I, I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, and with the amount of games now receiving like these older titles receiving remakes it seems like there's one every month we get an announcement i think they just need to have a category of most anticipated and then most anticipated remake that way you can just separate these two
2: i'll say this year it's been harder we we do at gaming trend have a best remake and it's actually been a lot tougher this year because there's not, there were not a lot of, I and mean, there weren't a ton of big games this year. There also weren't a ton of remakes this year. Crazy enough. Cause that's usually you figure those are what's plugging the gaps. And we didn't yeah, see like a lot obvious. of those this year. Yeah. So just kind of surprising. There's, there's some, there's just not weren't, it wasn't like last year where you had Alan Wake and mass effect legacy edition and all these multi. the, the, uh, what's it? The, not Twilight Princess, but the other one. Skyward Sword. The mm-hmm. that remake and all this. So we had a ton of great remakes last year, and there's just not a lot this year. Um next year, I mean Resident Evil 4, Silent Hill. There's I'm sure more that we don't know. Dead Space. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's more that we don't know about. <laughs> all of those crazy enough horror titles. <laughs> so I'm sure we'll have other remakes that are that are in the pipeline. Speaking of something that's not a remake, Starfield, on the list, as well as The Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom, Tears of the Kingdom, however you like to say it, I imagine it's Tears. Yeah. What was really, yeah. what was really kind of funny is there's some people who, uh, I believe it was Jason Schreier who like put a, like a laugh at the list, and I th- people were wondering is he like taking a jab at one of them. Or does he not like one of them or something? And most people think he's laughing because Starfield and Zelda were both on last year's most anticipated. Oh. I mean, that makes sense. (laughs) It is funny that our our most anticipated title will probably be between those two is my guess. Because let's be honest, Zelda won last year. year, I'm pretty sure Zelda, I'm pretty sure Zelda's probably winning this year. Yeah, (laughs) I I think so, too.
1: I definitely think Zelda is.
2: Yeah, it's just, it's the power of Nintendo first party, especially when it is your second or one B, if not one A, with when it, next to Mario. I mean, Zelda, Zelda is that household name, so that's probably there. Best yeah. multiplayer. That was uh, an interesting one. Call of Duty: Modern Warfare Two. To no surprise to anyone was nominated for best multiplayer. Multiverses, nominated for best multiplayer. Overwatch 2, nominated for best multiplayer. Splatoon 3. Okay. Nominated for best multiplayer. Uh, yeah. Not going. at gaming, not for GamingTrend.com though. <laughs> yeah. Um teenage mutant ninja turtles shredders revenge nominated for That's best. Great multiplayer, multiplayer game. Yeah, it is a fantastic, I mean, there aren't, there aren't, there aren't many games that allow you to play, what six player co-op?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, six player. So,
2: it's I mean, that, to me, too. if anything, that's an, that's an, uh, almost an innovation in multiplayer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> At least for arcade beat 'em ups Yeah, absolutely. Exactly.
2: Now, some people were so, like,
0: why is, T, why is that on there? It's not multiplayer. It's <laughs> like, yes, it is. You can play with multiple it people. Is. People forget that multiplayer
2: doesn't mean competitive. Yeah.
0: They literally yeah. only see it as competitive or BR or something. Yep. Yeah, I mean, all nope, of these it, except Splatoon 3 are worthy to be on the list. Uh, maybe maybe not Overwatch 2, but i to think well, of the other multiplayer games. Rumbleverse was really good. Rumbleverse was good.
2: We're going to stick Overwatch 2 in our best remakes category. <laughs> <laughs> best upgrades. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah over, Overwatch two, and I'm I'm dunking on it, but Overwatch two is fantastic. That's no, a great it, game. It, but, I've played that all but, day. But it's not exactly a new game. I would say Warzone yeah,
0: two is you know more along those lines because of the changes of a, and stuff that they made. Yeah, I mean the which six v six to five v five is a huge change, but
2: I mean, it, not that much. Yep. Yeah. Let's see here. Best sports or racing title. Uh, Some of them are your obvious ones. Uh, We had F1, 22, which did not play, but it's Codemasters. Codemasters is really good at what they do, so I'm sure it was probably good. FIFA 23, if you like to spend money on that ultimate team. NBA 2K23, if you like to spend money on that VC. (laughs) Gran Turismo 7 and Oli Oli World. Hey, Ollie Which, Ollie World, if I'm good. remembering right, I was gonna say, if I was remembering right, we gave that a really good score. I like that. So, game. Honestly, I wouldn't sleep on Ollie Ollie World, but at the same point, there are other titles that are just more recognizable that you wonder if the press will jump all over.
0: The only, the yeah, only knock think, I'll give Oli Oli World is uh, it doesn't have as much to do. Compared to, you know, these bigger titles, um, it's not yep. a, as expansive, but, it, you know, it's one of those, you know, master the leaderboard stuff. Yep. And I I like that.
2: I mean, if if it takes two can take home game of the year last year, then <laughs> I'm sure Ali Ali World could take best sports racing. <laughs> you were saying something, Noah.
1: I just I think Ali Ali would be a good sleeper pick. I wouldn't be surprised. But yeah, I agree that it's gonna be really tough, especially with the popularity of FIFA and NBA games. I uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it's one of those two. I've heard F one
0: twenty two was actually pretty dang good too. But maybe that and was Grand long. Turismo
2: reviewed extremely well too so Yeah it
0: didn't have the lasting power though.
2: Yeah. In all fairness, if you're not like a regular sports game, though, I don't feel like that has a lot of lasting power to a degree at times. No,
0: but people started to see the flaws in it much later Um, AI issues and things like that. Uh, The store was a problem and all that stuff. So Uh, it reviewed well, but it it didn't. Little things that can
2: stick in your craw. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. Um, Best Sim strategy game. Uh, Dune Spice Wars was nominated, which I believe it's only just now about to get its out of early access and get its regular release. Which it's going to be on PC Game Pass, so I'm I will probably give that a try. Yeah. Uh, Mario Plus Rabbit: Sparks of Hope, which uh, we gave a perfect score, if I'm not mistaken. I didn't even know that was a sim uh, strategy game. <clears throat> yeah, well, it's it's like the XCOM kind of style of no. it. No, what? <laughs> Yeah. Have yeah. you never played the Mario Plus Rabbids games? I have not. Oh my god, no. <laughs> Anthony, Rebel. go I play l- one of those. <laughs> I love Mario. I've never
0: yeah. played Mario Plus Rabbids. It's I never like the Rabbids X- stuff. Yeah. It's never it's, clicked
2: with me. It's literally like XCOM, like Holy you're moving frick. these characters. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, like okay. they have uh, they have the. Well, they have the old game, uh, Kingdom Battle. It's almost always on sale for like 10 bucks. So you have to check it out.
0: Yeah, no, I'm, yeah, for sure. Now that I know,
1: <laughs> this ne- is, f- this is never, a fantastic I'm revelation on this show. I just ignored it the
2: whole time. I was like, I'm not playing this. Uh, I, I think I'm just more surprised that you didn't know the gameplay premise. Like, I literally, I, I, I was like, not I'm playing not playing it. Yeah, I was
0: just like, I, no, I'm, I'm going to focus on other things.
2: Yeah, just all you got to do is accidentally watch a trailer because it pops up on YouTube.
0: So, this was also during a season of my gaming life right now where I was just like, I'm not, I wasn't really watching a lot of trailers. So,
2: I was just playing this. Okay. So, I just said this is the second one. So,. I'm just, it just I, it's just it's kind of surprising. I'm just saying.
1: <laughs> cool. that well, was, just, yeah, was, like was never one, my thing. Yeah, the fact it's the sequel is so, even better. So, so
2: so now you know why it's under Best Sim strategy game.
1: Okay.
2: <laughs> I'm in. Um Total Total War Warhammer 3. Uh all the total war war games. I always hear great things about those games in this space. Uh two-point campus, which we had Ron Burke on to talk with us about. Uh, in one of our podcasts, so you can go back and hear all about that in a past one. But uh, I hear, we hear, it's nothing but fun. Uh, and then Victoria Three, which I don't know anything about that game. So. Heard of that one? <laughs> you have? <laughs> I only heard of it. I don't know much about oh, but yeah, it. Yeah, ju- just now. <laughs> no, no. When you said it, <laughs> I think
0: it showed up on Game Pass. I was like, "What the freak is this?" Okay, hmm. moving on.
2: Interesting. Ah, uh, Best Family comes next. Kirby in the Forgotten Land, which I'm sure very uh, much deserves that. Such a great game. Uh Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga, which mm. another one of those is just so much fun. They they did such a great yeah. job. That one I know Noah played the absolute crap out of that game. Uh, I did. <clears throat> um Mario Plus Rabbids, Sparks of Hope, the strategy game. Wait, it's that it a strategy is. no. Please. <laughs> um, Nintendo Switch Sports, which I'm kind of surprised to see under Best Family.
0: Oh uh, yeah, that's a great uh, yeah with Wii Sports <laughs> and stuff like yeah families all the time would play. I just I just like heard and
2: though it just was not very well done, so I was I was wondering if there might be other games that might have leapfrogged it as my biggest thing.
0: You have to remember with a game like that, it's uh, if the family's having fun with it, you know the the quality. Yeah. Isn't as, as long as, as it important. works yeah
2: little Timmy doesn't care you know if it's you know accurate graphics or whatnot so
0: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> um, and Splatoon 3 under best family so the, those were the five I nominees for
0: again, that one Splatoon 3 is probably the weakest uh, maybe yeah, Mario plus Rabbids
2: I can't see of course you. the f-
0: <laughs> can't see go
2: ahead families playing Mario plus Rabbids I think, of course, the fun thing with all of this is the fact that Lego Star Wars is the only thing that's multi-platform. So Nintendo quite easily yet again runs away with <laughs> the mm-hmm. best family, which the is family. It's pretty obvious. <laughs> that just makes sense. Um, next up, we have best fighting, which there aren't a lot of candidates. There's some candidates that I know of, but there's not a lot of candidates in the sense of I'm like, man, this is just best fighting game ever because it was kind of a low uh, quiet year for a lot of fighting games uh dnf duel you had jojo's bizarre adventure all-star battle r which i know we had corvo on to talk about in one of our podcasts the king of fighters 15 had multiverses which uh and i would assume that multiverses and that one is kind of i know we're not at our prediction show yet but multiverses was i know something that anthony put a lot of time into and oh, really yeah. had a lot of fun with so mm-hmm. and then maybe the most miscast of this entire thing is sifu dude you fight people oh you fight people but it's not really a fighting it's like fat. like i i yeah i can argue turtles is best multiplayer because people forget multiplayer includes co-op Sifu is not a fighting game.
0: <laughs> it's it's a an game that action you game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. Like to me, fi- to me, the definition for fighting game involves like more. That is the more competitive mm-hmm. kind of style it's like fighting. Like putting
0: XCOM and best shooter just because there's gun shooting. <laughs> it's like yeah, it, you that's
2: and that's really what it feels like. Like I, I agree that yes, Sifu. We should find a way to get them some awards, but that is just to me miscast.
1: Yeah, not the not the award.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking King of Fighters, but yeah, was <clears throat> a really really good addition to the fighting game space.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep,
2: uh, best role playing, surprising no one, Elden Ring. What's what's <laughs> Elden Ring? <laughs> Just kidding. You you already said on one of the podcasts it came in the mail. So <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, I guess I. Uh, I have to ask: Did you back. actually? Pl- did you ever pl- actually play it? Yeah, I or? did.
0: I put about two hours into it before I had to send it back to get my uh Pokemon thing because GameFly okay. does this little thing. So once I once I finish Pokemon, then I'm gonna get Elden Ring back.
2: Put more time into it. Yeah. Okay. Live a live, which I've heard it's really good, but it's never been something on my radar. Uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus, Arceus, however you say it. Yeah, I think it's
0: live alive. And then Pokemon Legends. Live Alive. Arceus. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Uh, Triangle Strategy and Xenoblade Chronicles 3, which I, I'll be very. Uh, Elden Ring to me runs away with it, but maybe Xenoblade can give them a little bit of a run for their money because Xenoblade is a fantastic role playing game. Nah, it's not. But Elden Ring is, uh, uh, at least according to most of the press, is transformative. So.
1: Yeah, but, I, uh, I think if Elden Ring was not in here it would be a lot closer race. Yeah, for this one. Which it's could be I can recommend the uh,
2: uh Best Action Adventure, we've got Plague Tale Requiem, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Stray and Tunic, which I think like that's a really like top tier like the, the the best of the best in my opinion when it comes to yeah, action. Stray
0: is action <laughs> adventure? The frick.
2: Stray is a lot of fun as an adventure game. Like okay, it's yeah. you gotta play it, man. Yeah, adventure. It's yeah. it's fun. It's it's I'm also play it. I just just and I know there's a I lot did. of people that you know look at it as like a oh, cat game, blah 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 blah. But the thing is, is it's got a lot of heart to it. It's a lot of fun to play. Like it, it mm-hmm. really is it's it's a very unique feeling game like I, I know it's silly to be like, oh, you know you you're still doing a lot of things that you do in other games yeah, but you're doing them from the perspective of a cat and it feels like you're you're literally playing as a cat like so it's just that unique feel that that adds to the game but that's a that's a very tight category in my opinion because I could see it, I, I know that a lot of people for a lot of people it'll be, Plague Tale God of War Horizon is probably your your three that are probably going to most likely walk away with it. But to me, it, it at least is a close category where I, I like all those games. All those games are great mm. games. I don't see anything in there that I wouldn't put in there. Yeah, all of them are deserving of it. <clears throat> yeah. I think it's funny that uh, you go from best action adventure to best action.
1: They need to just have a best adventure and then best action at this point. Yeah. I, well, I get some the games idea. Are but, not action adventure.
0: Uh some yeah. games are just adventure. So some yeah. games are just
2: action. Just, Stray would be more adventure to me. Like there is yeah. some action, but it's more adventure than action. And yeah, that's why I'm mm-hmm. like
0: eh.
2: Yeah. Um, you've got Bayonetta Three, which I know for a lot of people was very divisive. Like it, it still scored very highly, but I know that for a lot of people who did not like how it ended. Uh Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 made it into Best Action. Neon White, which I have heard nothing but good about uh from everybody who's touched it. Uh Looky Here, Sifu. <laughs> best <More appropriate>. action. <laughs> yeah. More appropriate. And then Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge, which great action game. Yeah, so
0: it's a good one. It's the
2: weakest one on the list, but So another one where I think largely they got a lot of a lot of really good games in there. Yeah, these are good. These are good choices. Mm -hmm. Um, Best VR AR. There's After the Fall Among Us VR because, you know, you just got to throw Among Us in there for the popular vote. (laughs) Uh, Bone Lab, which I know our own David Flynn did not like nearly as much as everybody else did. Okay. Uh, Moss Book 2 which I could see that running away with this one because Moss is just one of those VR games that a lot of people have liked in the VR space and it was very highly looked at uh, and then Red Matter 2 another game that I want to play I have Red Matter 1 and 2 and I have not played them mm. <laughs> I really want to play both of them because I hear it's a really good uh, kind of puzzle VR game that takes place in space so, but yeah, I, I've not played a lot of the VR games, so I couldn't say specifically that one is way better than the other. Only that bone lab is, there's probably several press that have that really highly rated. And I could see a lot of press that it wasn't on their list at all. Yeah. So, cause, cause from what I understand, when they have the press submit list, they have them actually submit their top five, top six titles. Yep. And that's how some of these games are making it into here because Yeah, Stray wasn't at the top of everybody's list, but it appeared on enough people's lists (laughs) at number four, number five kind of style stuff. So certain games can sneak in like that because of the fact of somebody really loved this, but they didn't like this at all. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So best mobile, Apex Legends mobile, Diablo Immortal, Genshin Impact, the game we were just talking about, Marvel Snap, and Tower of Fantasy. I do not play, like, anything on mobile, so I have no clue what would win here, but I wouldn't be surprised if Genshin Impact didn't take it home just because Genshin Impact.
0: Yeah, we need a <laughs> referendum on some of these people, because uh, <laughs> why is Diablo Immortal on this list? This is shit.
2: We actually did we actually did
0: review it quite highly. (laughs) Why is it on this list? Like once you get to the end game, it's piece of crap.
2: (laughs) Oh man. Best community support. (laughs) League of
1: legends. No. (laughs) (laughs) um, Yeah. Is there a cap on (laughs) they should (laughs) have (laughs) been.
2: Um Apex Legends, Destiny Two, Final Fantasy Fourteen, Fortnite, and No Man's Sky. So I don't know what this uh, category means.
0: I'm look this I, up. I
2: think it's that. I think it's more that they took. I think it's more of just that they were very transparent with their community, uh, with a lot of different things and whatnot. I I'm at least guessing that. Uh, Engagement too, I think. Engagement with your community, stuff like that, because uh, Destiny 2, especially, I know they put a lot of effort into engaging with the community. All right, here's what it says It says,
0: recognizing a game for outstanding community support, transparency, and responsiveness, inclusive of social media activity and game updates and
2: patches. Gotcha. That makes sense. Okay.
1: Yeah, I uh, think it's of note that most of these are live service games, which you know, yes. with constant updates and stuff require that, you know? Yeah. Now all
0: of these, which yeah, definitely deserve to be on the list.
2: What's uh, really cool to me is that no man's sky is on there. Just yeah. again, remembering the absolute yeah. like dumpster <laughs> fire. It was when it launched. Yeah. Like the Cinderella story
1: of video games.
2: I, I will always root for a game to be able to find a way to make it back. That's for sure. Best indie debut. This one is their award where it's the first game from the studio. Mm -hmm. And they had Neon White, Norco, which is one of those where it's like, I know what that game is, but I can't remember what it is at all. Yeah, same. (laughs) Uh, Stray, Tunic and Vampire Survivors which so there's much. a lot of people out there yeah. says Vampire Survivors is fantastic yeah. yeah, and everybody should play it and there's a lot of people who are really mad that I think this is the only mention that Vampire Survivors actually gets in, and yeah. in completely <laughs>
0: I need to play it to have context for that isn't I believe it's a
2: I believe it's on Game Pass I think it is, it it is. is. yeah mm-hmm. okay there you go so Opportunity. (laughs) Um, Best indie is honestly you've got a lot of the same games from below. It's a very that's a tough category because there's so many good indie games. Uh, uh, Especially this year, indie games had to pick up the slack. They did because AAA was nowhere to be found this year. (laughs) Yeah, it was a COVID year. This this was where we finally hit the COVID finally caught up to everybody even though we were finally making it back outside and getting back to normal with events and stuff. Gaming companies were really like, yeah, we, we got to keep working on these things. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Need a little more time. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cult of the lamb, which I know editor in chief Ron Burke gave that a really great review. Uh, Neon white. Again, another thing that we reviewed very highly. Sifu getting another nom and we reviewed that one very highly stray yet again another one we reviewed very highly and tunic one that i'm pretty sure we gave a hundred when it first came out so like that's the thing is everything on that list very well deserves it and there are other hindis that man like it's hard for me to say you're leaving anything off the list because everything there is so good, but yeah. there's still other indies you could put on, you could switch out, and we would have the same conversation of, man, that's so good. Other ones could be on the list. <laughs> there's only, yeah, maybe. If there's only
0: two I'd switch out, but what would you, what would you switch out? Oh, this, that's definitely part of this conversation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Cult of the Lamb and Stray, for sure. Okay. Like, what would you switch them for? I don't I'd have have to look at a list for sure but in terms of like if I am willing to switch any of these games out it would be those two
2: but I just wasn't sure if you had some specifically no not off the top of my head I
0: didn't yeah I didn't get a chance to look like up all those indie games but you know in terms of like what's there right now no yeah these all worth worth being on there for sure even stray
1: (laughs) yep The moment he's been, we found out, he's been tra- a dog he's person.
0: Been- <laughs> you say what?
1: So this is the moment we found out you're a dog person. You just went straight out of the out of the nose. <laughs> I'm actually
0: not much of a pet person at all. I'm an <laughs> other people's pet person.
2: Best ongoing game we have: Apex Legends. No surprise. Destiny Two. No surprise. Final game. Fantasy. Fourteen, no surprise. Fortnite, no surprise, and Genshin Impact. Yeah, that's the only no difference. No surprise. It. Between computers, that might sport, be the same yeah. list as that. May be the same list from last year too. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> it might
1: be. That's <laughs> like the top five. Y'all kept changes. it going.
2: <laughs> <Yep>. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you stayed alive. All right. Well, let's move on to games for impact then. Games for impact. Uh, the fun thing with these is a lot of them I have not ever touched. So I don't know a lot about them, but A Memoir Blue, we have I wanted to As play that. Dusk Falls, Citizen Sleeper, which I've heard is very good. Yeah, same. Endling Extinction is Forever, one that you spoke of on one of our podcasts, I yep. believe. Uh, Hindsight, and I Was a Teenage Exocolonist. Yeah, uh, last year, Games for Impact definitely would have been uh, twelve minutes because my word, my brain was impacted <laughs> <laughs> in all the worst ways. <laughs> hey, I gave that game a great review because it's a game. It was fantastic. It was just very disturbing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> loved it though.
0: <laughs> yeah, Endling. I'm glad. I'm glad they're being nominated, but. I don't think they were able to execute what they wanted to actually say. So, but I'm always happy for developers getting some flowers. So.
2: Yep, for sure. Always nice to have that extra in there. Uh, Best performance. I'm so mad about this. What I am, what I am always interested in is that some of these have six, but then others have five.
0: Oh yeah, Games for Impact. I'm always always interested. Yeah,
2: Yeah. I'm always interested that some some things we get six of, some things we only get five of. Uh, I'm interested if that's just the cap that they have on some, because they want to be able to recognize other things.
0: Is Games for Impact sponsored? Is that a sponsored category? Let me look. Uh, Which could be it. um, We'll keep going. I'll.
2: No, it's not. Um, Best. It's not. Yeah, not this year at least uh best performance we had ashley birch from horizon forbidden west which she did a phenomenal job Mm love love aloy uh charlotte mcburney anytime somebody has the last name mcburney it just makes me giggle um mainly because there was a meme uh about a firefighter and his name was Les mcburney (laughs) and that just cracks me up because there was never a better firefighter name um, that was uh, a Amicia, I believe, in a Plague Tale Requiem. Uh, Christopher Judge, God of War Ragnarok, completely deserved because that man is a phenomenal Kratos. Mm-hmm. Uh, Man Engage from Immortality. Uh, I've heard that there's a lot of FMV sequences in that game, so it was an actual she was actually acting, so <laughs> nice. Uh, it might be an FMV game for all I understand. Uh, I, I don't know a lot about it, just that there's a it is a very hard M rating on that game. <laughs> <clears throat> um, and then Sonny Suljuk in God of War Ragnarok who played Atreus. Uh since you are so angry at this category, Anthony, we, we gotta we gotta hear as to why there who, is who, no getting left out?
0: nomination for anybody in <laughs> Call of Duty. <laughs>
2: i can i can i can at least off
0: for the call of duty (laughs) you can talk about the script that ain't their fault. you can talk about other things but whatever they needed to do they did it and they did it very well and nobody's nominated i find that extremely fascinating so i don't know if it's because some of these were movie stars like hollywood actors i don't i don't know much about any of these actors. the only one i believe is christopher
2: judge and he hasn't been an actual like he's not been in film in a while.
0: Yeah, so I'm wondering if these are like best performance of people specifically to video games, but I mean, they did yeah. some really good stuff. Elaine
2: Elaine Mesa not making it as Alejandro Vargas in Modern Warfare. That man man the performance. He,
1: mm-hmm.
2: I mean, all of them. Why can't they say he? That? I know. Uh, <laughs> Anthony brought it up when we've been discussing some of our gaming trend game of the year awards. And Mr. Vargas will definitely be a part of at least our nominations because, oh, yeah. uh, yeah, I, I spoke super highly of him in my review <laughs> for Modern Warfare. <laughs> so, <laughs> and hopefully, we'll get to see more of him if this supposed second modern warfare iteration hits this expansion that may be hitting next year or so best audio design all the call of duty kids were mad because modern warfare 2 got nominated for best audio design because everybody's mad about footsteps and doesn't think about the fact of modern warfare is still one of the best sounding games out there because man when you shoot a gun that audio is impactful. Yeah, the explosions, all of that. The
0: <laughs> <a> design thing, <laughs> yep.
2: it's easily yeah. That's just a thing. Yeah, Elden Ring. I know that that atmosphere of that game is incredible. They they've done a fantastic job. I, I may it may make me mad most of the time, but yeah, I recognize the greatness that Elden Ring has as part of what they've done. God of War Ragnarok. I still need to play it, but no, it's playing enough of it for the both of us. <laughs> yeah, I, I got you covered, buddy. Do not worry. <laughs> uh, Gran Turismo Seven. I've not played that one, but I'm not surprised in the slightest. Uh, we we've, we we've saw last year. I, bel- I believe that Forza, Forza. I actually believe won Best Audio Design last year. It was very good for. Yep it, it it was fantastic. So. I wouldn't be surprised at all if, with Gran Turismo Seven being nominated, and then Horizon Forbidden West, which, when you can perfectly nail what a robot dinosaur sounds like as it attacks you, yeah, you you've done your job perfectly. It it is a very good sounding game, turning imagination <laughs> into reality. <laughs> exactly. The sound design people just too too many, too often people. Don't pay enough attention to good sound design. I feel it like it's just so underrated. It's so, so overlooked. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Not not by us necessarily, but by a lot of the just general communities. Like it, that's a humongous part of you being immersed in a game.
0: Mm-hmm. Go ahead, turn that sound off and see see how you enjoy the game.
2: <laughs> yep. Um, following up with that best score in music, another thing that will get you. Completely immersed in a game. That one we had Olivier can't say his last name. <laughs> Derivier, I believe. Uh, so he did the soundtrack fan. for A Plague Tale: Requiem. Um, another name that I can't really—the Elden Ring soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, uh, Bear McCreary.
0: Sukasa Saito.
2: You, I trust you. (laughs) Uh, Bear McCreary, God of War, Ragnarok. uh, That soundtrack is so good.
1: I I need to pull
2: my vinyl out from my collector's edition and listen to it on vinyl because there's just something about listening to a good soundtrack on vinyl. (laughs) That reminds me, I probably forgot to ask my brother when he came up for vacation, holiday vacation, to bring me my vinyl for Bioshock. Mm, yeah, get that, <laughs> that back. he still that he accidentally took with him. <laughs> mm, accidentally. I'm like, I, I'm gonna need that back. I'm gonna need that back. Uh Bear McCreary, uh, Two Feathers, Metal Hellsinger. That's definitely a game that deserves best soundtrack because they really curated a really good soundtrack for that one. Um it, it'd be kind of sad if you didn't nominate a game literally based around music. Made as, if, <laughs> as long as for was, best did, score,
0: yeah, right? But yeah,
2: <laughs> and and that's and that's kind of what I'm getting at is like, you, if you did your job right, then these kind of nominations should happen. And then I've heard that the Xenoblade Chronicles Three soundtrack is fantastic. I don't know because I've not played those games, but Yashinuri Mitsuda, believe is uh. the correct. I'm guessing. <laughs> Yeah, Yasunori <laughs> Mitsuda, yeah. So, but I'm uh I've heard that it's fantastic, so uh, definitely would uh put that one in there. You know what else was fantastic too?
0: Tunic and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Those soundtracks were amazing. Yep. Not yeah, on the list. Instead, everything's just orchestral. <sighs> yep. No, except for Metal Hill. I've heard. Orchestral. I need to go and listen
2: to. I know. I need to go and listen to Tunics because I've heard it was really good. I I only so got good. to play a very little bit of the game.
0: Yeah, Shredder's Revenge is really good too. Seafoods is more atmospheric, so I can understand why that
2: didn't get nominated. Yeah. Let's see here, best art direction, Elden Ring, surprising no one. God of War Ragnarok, surprising no one. Horizon Forbidden West another one yeah, that that Horizon Forbidden West is probably the most next gen looking looking specifically game we have seen on next gen consoles so far
1: in terms of the jump yeah i would agree yeah,
2: it, the the visuals at least jump to that mm-hmm. uh, scorn is <laughs> gross but it does its grossness really well. Yeah, you feel that grossness. <laughs> the direction of grossness. Is I, I can't point. even. I can't even watch people's gameplay gameplay videos. Go like, oh, this is disgusting. I, I have no desire to play this game whatsoever. <laughs> Y'all can have fun. <laughs> uh, and then Stray, which <sighs> another it. one where I totally think that Stray deserves it. Cause Stray, man, it looks so good tunic Just <laughs> tunic needs to be on this list
0: just add a sixth fight just tunic. fight for t- <laughs> put the tunic sixth needs- in there yeah they need a sixth because tunic absolutely deserves to be in there
2: here here's one of those categories that is kind of funny it's art direction, uh, best narrative graphics and
0: best looking
2: yeah well it, it honestly if we're talking on that i think pentiment like I believe mm. it even made the cutoff. Uh, yeah. A pentiment to me I totally agree. would deserve. Uh, that's one of the reasons uh, we have moved our gaming trend awards to after Christmas because that gives everybody a chance over the year to mm-hmm. be a part of it.
0: Yeah, I would put pentiment in that conversation too. Best art direction. Yep. This is the best graphics. This is best art direction. Tunic and Pentiment.
2: which is it's one of the list. reason we actually have a lot of those kind of games in our best art direction like we last year i believe sable was a part of our best art direction because that game was just i mean oozed art direction Yeah, i
0: love the character of the art in theirs. yeah that was that was nice good touch
2: yep uh best narrative this one's a fun one plague tale requiem everybody can probably agree with that god of war ragnarok Horizon Forbidden West, all games that have really good narratives to them. Immortality, another one of those games that apparently has a great narrative behind it, from what I hear. I feel like you skipped over one. I did, mainly because I wanted it at the end for impact. I know, I was setting you up. Jeez. Elden Ring. <laughs> Elden Ring. I get that it's not the most. Fourth at the
1: forefront. Ride?
2: It's not, yeah, it's not the most forthright. (laughs) I get there's a lot there. However, I don't know that I would ever dream that Elden Ring should be nominated for Best Narrative. Or a Souls game should be nominated for Best Narrative. Yeah. Because I feel like there's too much the player has to do to search for it. And I do agree Mm -hmm. that a good game forces you, can force you to search for it. But I feel like there is something to that game that is just so vague that you really gotta search. I mean, it's not. This isn't a. Okay, the narrative is just right there under the surface. No, you dig in six feet.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. One game that has a a a pretty decent narrative actually is the Division Two because it goes like really in twisty windy ways. But you'd never know because you have to find all these audio files everywhere. So you can—I mean—you'll be displaced. All. What? How did this yeah. happen? Is that?
1: So, that's
0: uh, what Elden Ring yeah. sounds like. Go
1: ahead, Noah. Yeah. Uh, just, I was just—I completely agree. I and mean, half the time, when you do it like that, the general player base is going to be like, "Ah, eh, don't care. Moving on. Like, I don't yeah. want to listen to this audio file or read this. You know." Story about somebody that I haven't seen or interacted with. So. Yeah,
0: it's hard to it's it, hard it's to not nominate a, a narrative when you don't know what it is.
2: And it's not a dig at Elden Ring either in saying that it doesn't deserve a nomination for best narrative. It's just that I think other games are much more deserved of that comparatively to how they disperse their narrative. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Pentiment, for example. <laughs> a game that, in my opinion, is very deserved mm-hmm. of a best narrative. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. If if I had stuff that would replace Elden Ring, and let me look at my list. Uh, it's always that fun of learning. Trying to remember what <laughs> trying to remember what games came out yeah, that I had a lot yeah, of fun with. So
0: many. Um, yeah, none that I. Played. I'm trying to find what Yeah, yeah. None
2: that I can find quick enough. Let's see here. I've got like, where is like Xenoblade Chronicles? Like something like Xenoblade Chronicles in this? Because it obviously reviewed well enough that it, at least in my mind, should be up there.
0: Yeah. Um, JRPG something RPG like stories mostly- don't generally get chosen. It's weird.
2: Yes. Something like The Quarry. Mm. Meaning, yeah, I did hear that was good story wise. We all know what should have got it. Kirby and the Forgotten Land.
0: <laughs> Duh.
2: You're right. <laughs> um, it it is that fun thing of like, you know, you're you're kind of trying to decide between a lot of different games this year, considering we we didn't have as many big, huge names this year. We we definitely just didn't. But it, it just feels like Elden Ring just feels like one of those things. If we gave it to Elden Ring because it's Elden Ring. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. Even if it did find cool ways to disperse the narrative, I don't know that the narrative was the best.
0: Agreed. Yeah. Uh. You know, uh, these, I mean, these are all games, you know, everybody has played, right? So, you know, who knows yeah. what a lot of these judges and the jury did didn't, get to
2: play or didn't play for whatever reason. So yep. got passed off to the intern. Yeah. see disbursement of your narrative. For instance, I would put that more under the next topic, best game direction. Okay. <clears throat> like if we're going to, if we're going to champion it, it's more about the direction, not nece- how you disperse it, not necessarily the narrative itself. Um, best game direction. We've got Elden ring, of course. Which once again, that that one to me, as much as I do not care for the game, totally recognize that there was incredible direction behind yes, what they did. 100%. with their game.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, God of War Ragnarok, of course, another one. Uh, Horizon Forbidden West, Immortality, and Anthony's front runner for every award, Stray. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs>
1: No comment. That, that response says it all. <laughs> Admittedly,
2: I'll so, give them this. It was a debut indie game.
0: Yes, but you know what? And this is my personal game of the year. I already know it's going to be that. But it's hard to take a beat-em-up and do it the way Sifu did and make it really good. To me, that takes really good direction. To, yeah. to do that. And to me, it felt... Sifu felt more like a... I don't want to say an innovation, but it definitely felt like a break from the di- typical beat-em-ups that we've all played. And it was like, yo, this felt super fresh, super unique. That yeah. is a game direction thing. Yeah. That is why i would be on the list and see who
2: should be. (laughs) You'll take best fighting game and you'll like it. (laughs) Oh,
0: low blow. Oh, that one hurt. It's like you punched me in the show nuts.
2: And moving on to game of the year. The big one. It's League of Legends, people. We're we're done. (laughs) done. (laughs)
0: Thanks (laughs) for listening. (laughs) Appreciate it.
2: (laughs) Game of the year came down to these six. A Plague Tale Requiem. Elden Ring. God of War Ragnarok. Horizon Forbidden West. Stray. And Xenoblade Chronicles Three, which I think most people were more surprised. Like, wait, they put a JRPG in here? Uh,
0: <laughs> didn't? No, that was that was not game of the year. Yeah, it is shocking they put a JRPG on there. I I am surprised it made it.
2: Yeah, <sighs> that 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 was really more the surprise. But it's. <laughs> The first four are good.
1: Uh, yeah, that's
2: uh, and really in in all fairness, it's probably a fight between two of them. It is. I know we're not at, once again not at the prediction show, but we. I think we all know that it's a fight between two of them, yeah. and it's a to me, it's a fifty fifty. I would not be surprised on either account.
1: Yep, I think it could go either
2: way. It ain't straight, that's for sure. Are you talking about it? it was Stray versus Stray, <laughs> Stray versus Horizon
0: Forbidden West, Real Cat versus, versus League of Legends. Gosh, I still can't believe Stray made it to Game of the Year.
2: Uh, that I'm even I'm surprised at that. Uh, like I, I loved Stray. I reviewed Stray while I had COVID, and poor Anthony had to. <laughs> review my review and see all of my word vomit (laughs) because I was trying to put sentences together (coughs) about why I love this game that has a cat (laughs) and I was doing a I was doing an absolutely terrible job of putting all of my word vomit together. (laughs) And he helped me to put some, at least most of it back together. (laughs) And I will
0: say in the process, I was like, I can kind of see why he likes stray. Okay. I feel this. I still want to play the game. I'm, I'm trashing stray so much in this because (laughs) I just, I have not heard it do anything original from a game perspective. So, I will admit I need to play it to feel the catness of it but I'm not yeah. also entirely sure that mm-hmm. is going to sway me into a place where it's like ah ha, I have yeah. the epiphany I understand now I don't <laughs> I don't anticipate that
2: Now of course the fun with all of these is nominations wise here are the most nominated. Of all of these games, we had God of War Ragnarok sitting up there, all nice at number ten. Oh, Where you got this information? They, at? This is
0: exclusive.
2: Uh, this is actually from the Game Awards Twitter account. Oh, okay. I didn't see yep. that. Uh, God of War Ragnarok had ten nominations. Elden Ring had seven nominations. Surprisingly, Horizon Forbidden West had seven nominations. Wait, timeout. That was
0: wait. Are we talking about for game of the year?
2: Uh, for a to- total of the awards. Like these were the total nominations of set awards. Like they had, like God of War was nominated for Game of the Year, Best Game Direction. Oh, okay. Total nominations overall. That's it. Categories. Yeah. Go ahead. So God of War, God of War was at ten. Elden Ring was at seven. Horizon was at seven. That was actually really surprising to me because I felt like Horizon people were going to forget it, even though critics did really like it. uh, I was not going to be surprised if it got kind of left behind. Stray had six nominations. A Plague Tale Requiem had 5. Modern Warfare 2 had 3. Immortality had 3. Neon White had 3. Sifu had 3, so Sifu did show up on a lot of different nominations. Tunic had 3 and Xenoblade Chronicles, you guessed it, 3 for the number of the game.
0: Okay. Yeah, this is is going to be fascinating. This might be the most controversial Game Awards <laughs> just just based off the nominations. Everybody knows who's going to win Game mm-hmm. of the Year. Uh, some of those other ones: Game Direction, um, you know, Narrative, maybe Audio Design. Um, indie's going to be a tight one. AB Windy, yeah, that's going to be interesting.
1: Performance, I think, will be tight too.
0: Yeah, so. Yeah, there, I'll be there,
2: honest. It's going to be very interesting, just overall. Because I mean, it it feels like this year, you either got just straight up top tier or nothing. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. The
0: only thing I'm going to say, I I just, I do wish there were just more varied nominations for different things. I don't think the Game Awards does a, a good job of showing the breadth of and greatness of video games. So, I wish I wish that were the case. It you know. We're seeing, Elden Ring. You know what was it? Ten times or whatever you said. Uh, you know, or God of War Ragnarok. Ten. You know, that's that's a lot. There's there's more games out there, yeah. um, that absolutely deserve a, a number of these different awards. Um, yeah. You know, we had the what <laughs> one rare instance where an indie game won Game of the Year last year.
2: So. And, and that's the only reason why I would look at it and say there's every chance that we could have something. I don't think anything's going to win Game of the Year, but we could have some other surprising games just knock something off we don't expect.
0: I would like that. Yeah, I don't anticipate that's it reason. this year, but I would like that.
1: Yep. Yeah, There's some good opportunities for some dark horses. Like you said, to uh, sneak yep. up and take some categories that none of us were kind of expecting them to.
2: No. Yep. It's, it's also just been a weird here in gaming like it's one of those That's years fair. where it's like it feels like there haven't been a lot of great games but there there really have been a lot of really great games <laughs> but there's also just not been a maybe it's just that we're so used to an overabundance because I mean I, I've myself and Noah both have worked the GameStop Octobers where you had three four or five games coming out the same weekend well that was and February they were all this year, really. AAA bangers yeah <laughs> February so,
0: but but to your point you said indies had to carry and yeah. we saw what maybe four total indie games listed so maybe five maybe yeah. so in terms of carry some just
2: aren't getting recognition though
1: like vampire survivors it's on there once right so which is surprising because that game has blown up everywhere that i've seen
0: yeah so in a year where you david describe it as indies had to carry it doesn't it sure doesn't look like it based yep. on these game awards you know
2: well, and i think they they have to but i don't know that they did very much because we did end up with these drought these droughts like that that was the biggest issue is mm-hmm. the the spots like the the may through september was really dry like if you were not a nintendo fan you didn't have almost anything to play like cuz <laughs> the switch was the only thing getting consistent Titles, yeah. and even that was
0: i'd have to go yeah. through the release list again in that time period i feel like there was some stuff
2: i just there, is, there was very little games and let me just i'll go back to it just so we can kind of look specifically at that since we're since we've kind of discussed that uh see here i'm looking through may just to see i know okay, trek, trek to yomi yeah that was which once again just not huge it's, it's fun but not necessarily anything humongous
0: yeah but that the, this um, is my
2: point like does it have
0: to be humongous to be recognized i don't think so no
2: well and i, I agree but i, I, do I don't think know there that was enough. To, i don't know that i'd put trick ahead of anything else that's on those and, lists
0: yes i would i would agree with that uh, citizen sleeper obviously i guess we that's
2: on the list uh, I mean, Shred- Shredder's Revenge that was in June, so, but obviously not everybody jumped all all on that one. Yeah. Uh, for Switch, Fire Emblem Warriors hit in June. Uh, Outriders wow. World Slayer came out, which was a lot. I thought was a lot of fun, but that was a DLC, and I don't know that everybody yeah. was as excited about that as I was. Did they have yeah. didn't they have a dlc
0: category in the game awards before
1: or am i thinking of something else i don't they used I don't know to, I believe <clears throat> i th- think that might be what got converted to like ongoing game Maybe. I could be wrong
2: um uh, as dusk falls and stray both came out in july, july.
0: mm-hmm it was probably like one or two games a month.
2: Xenoblade was late and, July. And Xenoblade, yeah, it was in July, yeah.
0: Gosh, that was uh, July? August. Uh-huh.
2: August was, I mean, Multiverses came out. You had like Cult of the Lamb, some of the smaller titles came out. Uh, Madden, as per usual. <laughs> That's not even on the list this year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Saints Row came out, but. Yeah, Uh, I wanted Saints Row to be so much better. (laughs) And then September we had, you know, Last of Us Part One, which once it's a remake, so it's not gonna like turn a bunch of heads. Uh, Steel Rising, which was still niche, is I I really enjoyed it, but it was niche.
1: Splatoon Um, three. Yeah, NBA is September of every year. I don't think that's changed in a while.
2: Yeah like I said the, the biggest thing is you didn't have anything at least to me unless you're on the switch that was just a oh man everybody needs to go out and buy these games. Yeah. Yeah there was definitely a drought. So it was just a it was just a drought comparatively. And we usually hit a drought and just feel like we don't usually hit a drought that early. It's not usually May, and then oh crap, we got to get to October before we before we well, got big games. Traditionally, to
0: play. the summertime actually wasn't a great time for releases. Like that historically, oh, yeah. like that's been the case.
2: It's when you it's when you go outside and touch grass. <laughs> yes.
0: I mean, yeah. If you're out there so, playing everything, then yeah, you have plenty. But yeah, historically, yeah, that you know, yep. it's not it. Summer was never a big time for big games.
2: Yeah, it's just been more surprising to be like, okay, so from May till September, we really didn't have a lot in between in terms of big releases. Because a lot of times we'd even start as early as August. And if Saints Row would have hit, we would have had one at least. Yeah. Okay. it It hit something. Misremembering. Yeah. Like I said, some of it's just the way it felt more than anything. We didn't have people just sitting there just talking all about people were still talking about Elden Ring because they didn't have anything else to play.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's they talked about Elden (sighs) Ring for a long time. Yeah. Rightfully so. So there the
2: good the biggest thing is we've had some really strong releases this year. Like the the good thing is is the stuff we hoped would hit hit. Like Horizon was good, Mm -hmm. God of War was good, Elden Ring was good. Uh, Overwatch 2 has been good Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 has been good When we've had something hit that it's been like Man please be good <laughs>
0: yeah, it, It's yeah. been good It's been, been, good. been good this year Yeah, yeah. Battlefield
2: 2042 <laughs> right there Right there with no, like,
1: <laughs>
2: Cyberpunk Released it, the the Cyberpunk <laughs> release back In whatever yep. <laughs> The actual launch the launch version Is good <laughs> Which that was a nice thing this year. Cyberpunk is very playable and very good this year. So,
1: yeah, reemergence, and we get the uh, the DLC next year, hopefully. Yep, I'm not crossing might my fingers. To, uh, I have
2: to. I have to put a, a DLC category in for next year.
0: Never know. The old Killy loves him some Cyberpunk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for this episode. If you want to talk to us and tell us what you think about the games we talk about, Marvel Snap, and uh, what's the other one? Uh, Pentiment. Then you can join our Discord, which you can find the link to that in the show notes.
2: And, And of course, you can uh, come in and tell us why Stray completely deserves Game of the Year.
0: You could try. But once I play the game, (laughs) I will let you know why it's not. I can guarantee you that. (laughs) All right. So that'll do it for us tonight. Appreciate you listening. We will talk to you later.